Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Allie. And this is But Have You Tried from the David A. Howe Public Library. Allie, what's up? How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I feel like this is the longest we've gone without recording an episode. Do you That's remember, true. Do you remember how to do it? I think so. Okay. We'll find out. If it's a weird episode, listeners, you'll, you'll know why. Year. Yeah, uh, it's did, definitely the New did Year. Did you stay up until midnight? I did. You did? I did. Okay. What were you doing? Were you watching anything? Um, doing? I played some D&D with some of my friends. Classic. And then I called my brother on the phone because he was the only one who was staying up until midnight. And he okay. was like, I'm alone. Please <laughs> call me. And I like shook my D&D dice Poor when midnight. Poor little guy. Yeah, oh, that's I cute. Know. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. We were at our friend's house and we kept being like, should we stay till midnight? Should we not? And then while we were hemming and hawing, my son fell asleep. So we were like, okay, I guess... We're going to stay. Fair enough. I guess we're going to stay. So yeah, yeah, I feel like one of these years I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm just old and I'm tired and I'm not going to do it. But it yeah. hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of these days. Today is uh, I, nine years in the making. Uh, we've had a library podcast since August of 2015. And in that time, though, we've mentioned Jack Finney. Never in any version did we do a Jack Finney spotlight or episode or anything. And here we are, finally, because of But Have You Tried. You and I are going to talk Jack Finney. Yeah, I'm excited. Are this you? Is, this is an important episode. This was maybe the hardest uh, for me not to ask you, because I've seen you reading it at the youth desk. I've seen you carrying I've around I've been trying so again. hard to make sure that I would finish it in time. I was like, this episode really of all episodes, yeah. I have to finish it in you time. You have to. Yeah, I finished it this morning. Like, what? Not long. About two hours ago. Not long ago, but you did it. Uh, All right. So let's get into it. Do you want to give me some Jack Finney facts? I do. Okay. Okay. So I looked up some facts on Jack Finney. All right. Um, Okay. Jack Finney lived from 1911 to 1995. Okay. Um, He graduated from Knox College in Galesburg. Galesburg? How's that pronounced? Galesburg, yeah. Galesburg, Mm -hmm. Illinois, which I remembered when I saw that, the the collection you were reading is I Love Galesburg in the Springtime. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm making connections. It's all coming together. Um, he married Marguerite Guest, and they had two children. And uh, he also worked for a while as an advertising agency in New York, which kind of connects with the main character oh, yeah. of Time and Time again. again, yeah. Which, again, I saw that, and I was like, everything is coming yeah. together. This makes so much yeah. sense. A fact I thought was kind of interesting is that his name is actually Walter Braden Finney. Yeah. He goes by Jack. Yeah. And apparently he was born, and they named him John. But okay. then his dad, who was named Walter, died when he was three. So they renamed him after his dad, oh. but he still went by Jack. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of that, a fascinating tidbit. Yeah, it is. He is best known for Invasion of the Body Snatchers and mm-hmm. Time and Again, the latter of which I read, the former of which I'm going to read. Okay. So All right. That, we'll talk about that in a bookmark episode. That sounds point. good. Okay. Because I was really excited about it, but I was like, I don't feel like I should finish it until I finish time, like start it until I finish yeah. Time and Again. Yeah. And then I was down to the wire with Time yeah. and Again. Yeah. Anyway, there are several film adaptations of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. True. I didn't realize how many there were. I know. There's like a lot of them. Yeah. I guess that one just keeps coming back. One thing that I didn't realize until I was looking into it for this episode is there's like a manga in an anime called Cran Shin Chan, the legend called Dance Amigo. What? <laughs> is... Uh, sort of based on invasion of the body snatchers huh. like as a whole like body snatching thing in it and there's a character in it named jacqueline feeney oh my gosh who you know is a, is a callback to jack finney so that's amazing yeah so i guess now we got to track this down yeah. and, and watch watch and read i would not have expected that but <laughs> no i am delighted to hear no but there is something that sort of i think the reason why invasion of the body snatchers more than any of his other works keeps coming back is just that the concept kind of works for whatever time you're in you know whatever sort of impending doom that you feel like is coming 
kind of ties into the themes of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I certainly feel it right now. I think that makes a lot of sense, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And, like, certain things are just, like, like, I think about, like, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, mm. which is, like, you know, centuries old, basically. Yeah. And it's, like, that kind of thing, again, it still works because it's, like, you're there's never a time when you're not, like, oh, what have we done? Right. We made this thing. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, he wrote 10 novels, two plays, and a whole bunch of short stories. Yeah. Like, I was looking through the list. There are so many. Yeah. Oh, he started with short stories. There's a cool book called Stealing Through Time that chronicles, like, his writing career. And it's got where it's got a list of all the short stories. And it was it was an interesting, uh, interesting piece to just kind of look at it as a whole. The plays are, I used my, my library cred to get copies of these plays where they're kept as archives. So I read both This Winter's Hobby and Telephone Roulette and actually directed a production of Telephone Roulette, like on stage. It's a one That's act. That's cool. I kind of wondered about that yeah. when I saw the plays. I was like, yeah. hmm, I could see Nick directing mm-hmm. one of these. I did. Telephone Roulette's a good time. This Winter's Hobby is kind of odd, but Telephone Roulette is, is a fun one act show. Okay. Let's see. What else do I have facts wise? So the book that I read, I also read... A couple of short stories. Okay. Again, in the in the two hours before this podcast, but primarily I read Time and Again, which was published in 1970, mm-hmm. and I did a little reading about that specifically. And a lot of the things I was finding were talking about how like thoroughly he researched yeah. the time travel aspect of that. Yeah. Which I really felt while reading the book because mm-hmm. I was like, I wouldn't know this amount of detail just yeah. offhand. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything that happens in the book, time travel aside, was based on real things. The fire, you know, yeah. the Statue of Liberty, like all that stuff that plays key moments um, was real. Yeah. Well, it was definitely a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know the Statue of Liberty's arm was like in just some park <laughs> just for a out. while. Yeah, yeah just hanging out. Yeah. So anyway, that was really interesting. But I also found this article talking a little bit about time and again from kind of a perspective of like New York yeah. and why it's so successful there. Um, this is... The New York Times article, City Lore, Why Time and Again Cast So Powerful a Spell by Rick Burns. And he's talking a little bit about how at the time that it was written, there was kind of this like sense of losing touch with history and like mm. pushing forward, building new buildings and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so here's a quote from this article, which I thought was interesting. Mr. Finney's novelistic effort to go back in time and channel the past using what fragments of the city's physical history remained, a suite of rooms in the Dakota, sections of Central Park, an old stereoscopic photograph, the upraised arm of the Statue of Liberty, Yeah. resonated powerfully in a city that for two generations had seemed intent on destroying much of where it had come from. As such, it was part of a more general urban salvage program in the 1960s and 70s, which, like the then recently established Landmarks Preservation Commission, was desperately trying to rescue New York's physical heritage and the sense of history itself from the oblivion of the Wreckers Ball, Mm. which I thought was a really interesting perspective on the book that I totally didn't have because Mm -hmm. I was not alive in the 70s. Sure, Neither was I. (laughs) Neither was I. Anyway. Yeah. So I thought that article was an interesting read. Yeah. Anyone who wants to can find it on the New York Times. Okay. That's what I got for, for okay. facts. Is there anything? Well, you Time and Again has two companion pieces. There's Forgotten News, which is a nonfiction book that we have here in the collection. And actually, I haven't read that. I haven't read his nonfiction. So I still have one. You still have one. I still have this one. Is good. But in researching for Time and Again, he just had so many facts hmm. that he wrote this nonfiction history book. That's really cool. Yeah, about all this stuff that he learned during that. And then. 25 years later, right before his death, he wrote a sequel called From Time to Time. I do really want to read that. Yes. And (laughs) it is good. I I mean, the writing is good. It's not, you know, I don't think he's missed a beat. The characters feel right. It's, It's all very sharp. 
I just can't help but feel that it takes a little bit away from the resolution of time and again. I could definitely see how that would it's be the just, case. But I'm too curious to not read it, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Because it, it's just such a... I feel like it's a very strong and satisfying ending. And so to open it up again, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I could see that being difficult. Yeah. Okay. So you said that Jack Finney is your favorite author. That's a fact. Which is a big statement, especially for like library people. There's yeah. like so many, so many authors, so <laughs> many books, so much, yeah. so much everything. So how did you encounter Jack Finney? And what kind of made him become okay. your favorite author? Okay. Well, I first read Jack Finney in my early 20s when I was working in a library. Could you relate to I that I can relate to that all? so Does much. Does it feel just almost like today? It feels know? eerily like today. Uh, I, so I worked in this big public library in Battle Creek, Michigan. Shout out to Willard Public Library and all my friends there. And one of the things that I would do was to check in the book drops. So we had book drops all around town and we had the book drops right in the parking lot. And those would just get so full that they would come in. We would just have like a big, just hundreds of books. And so I would just sit back there and like ching, 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 ching. And I kept seeing the Jack Finney books come in. And what I saw actually was time and again and from time to time, but on cassette, mm-hmm. like the big chunky cassette audiobook so they were hard to miss because they were right. so big and I've always loved time travel you know like probably how can you not? dating back to back to the future mm-hmm. I would guess and so I kept seeing these books and so I was like all right I picked up time and again and just sort of read it cold without any knowledge of it and I just loved it like I was so intrigued by the the mystery elements of time and again there's so many pieces to it which we'll get to but mm-hmm. There was so much for me to latch onto in that one that I read from time to time right afterwards. And then after that kind of expanded out into his books. And it's interesting because like you said, 10 novels, five or six, I want to say, film adaptations with, you know, big stars. It's not yeah. like these were just like low budget. I mean, you've got Glenn Close, you've got Frank Sinatra, Jack Lemmon, Jack Palance, like a lot of big names. Even in these I movies. recognize most of those yeah, names. See? <laughs> uh, but they just didn't. I don't know, like outside of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I don't feel like any of his work has really like transcended, you know, mm-hmm. and, and made it so it's just sort of like part of the conversation. I think I think Time and Again comes close. And I know there's been talks lots of times about that becoming a movie, but it never I did. I think that would be cool. It'd yeah. be hard to do, but it would be cool it if they It would be hard right. to do. I feel like it would work better as like a, you know, a six episode like yeah. miniseries. I think a lot of books would work better as a six episode fair. miniseries. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, I, I put in requests at the library to get Jack Finney's other books, and so I devoured them pretty quickly. Uh, and as I mentioned in our last episode, I Love Galesburg in the Springtime was a short story collection that I had, hadn't read, and I did read it for this. I'm excited to hear yeah. about your so experience. So it was cool because it has been a while. I can't remember. I want. I think I was in college. I mean, I think it's been, you know, a good long time since I've read um, a new Jack Finney. And so it was a, it was an interesting experience to kind of go back into that world. But the thing that I think gets me the most, and I'm curious to see like your take on this without, you know, the feelings that I have, the way that he writes dialogue, the way the characters interact is so natural to me. It just feels so real. Like Mm -hmm. the things that they comment on, the things they see, I just find there's something really unique about his writing. And I know he was a big, um, inspiration to like Stephen King for example mm-hmm. Stephen King has a book called 11 63 which is about the JFK assassination and about a character going back in time to stop that have you seen it or heard of it Do you know 
I think I've heard of it. There was a mini series based on that as well. That sounds cool, but also maybe um, traumatizing. Yeah. (laughs) I've certainly bragged about this in other episodes of Library Podcast, but the whole time I was reading the book, I was like, man, this feels like Jack Finney. Like it just, the little things that he would, he would latch onto. I was like, boy. And I got to the end of it. And in the afterwards, Stephen King is like, I want to thank Jack Finney. And like, this was like such a love letter to Jack Finney. And I was like, I knew it. (laughs) Called it. Called it. Uh, So in that way, I think, there's a lot of writers who are Jack Finney fans, you mm-hmm. know, but I, I don't think it's a name considering so much early success that he had. I don't think it's a name that's kind of made it to the new yeah. era. So, which I don't totally understand why, even having read like a small section of his yeah large amount yeah. of writings, I feel like it seems like it should be more, more well-known more a thing that people talk about i think time and again has been pretty much in print since the 70s i don't think it's ever gone out of print so that's something that is you something know. for sure but an invasion of the body snatchers of course as you know i feel like every 10 years or so we get a new take on invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> so there's that but for whatever reason the other ones i don't know just just didn't make the cut um and there's some interesting things about them too because he wrote a book called Five Against the House, which was his first book. And it is about a group of people making this plan to rob this casino. And he wrote this book and came up with this plan on how to rob this casino. And it freaked out the casino so much that they completely revamped their security as a result of Five Against the House. Was Be- it a specific casino that he, I don't like, think he studied? S- I don't think he said it outright that it was this casino, but it was kind of understood that it okay, was okay. kind of modeled on a certain one. And they were like, this could work and now we got to change everything. That's so cool. Yeah, so I think Good that's yeah, I think that's really neat. I feel like that just means he basically pulled off a heist. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So 5 against the house is, you know, it's a, it's sort of a heisty one. Uh body snatchers as we discussed. House of Numbers is about two brothers. One is in prison and they make up this plan to kind of switch places and oh, get the one out, which That's interesting. It's very similar to the plot of the show Prison Break, so I don't know if there's any connection there. Maybe. Assault on a Queen was about trying to uh, raise, uh, I think a World War One, maybe or one or two. I can't remember. Well, I guess it would have to be two submarine uh, that had sunk, and it was this whole plot to raise this and use it to pull off this big uh, robbery. Good Neighbor Sam is like a farce, and the movie was with Jack Nicholson, and it's like a straight up comedy. And I laughed out loud many times during that book. Woodrow Wilson Dime is actually based on a short story called The Coin Collector. I did read that one. Okay. And it's about, he, you know, a character finds a dime with Woodrow Wilson instead of FDR. And he realizes that he's in a parallel world and sort of goes back and forth between the two worlds. And it eventually starts to like corrode and mm-hmm. he, he's in danger of losing everything. It's an interesting concept. Then, of course, time and again. Marion's Wall is about um, a silent film actress who was killed right before her big break and she comes back and possesses someone and tries to take Hollywood again. So just odd. And The Night People is about a group of people who are insomniacs and they start sort of hanging out at night and like going around town and they have the place to themselves and they start kind of getting in, in kind of prank mode and it just gets out of control. It's sort of an eerie book. And then we end with From Time to Time. So he hits on so many different genres and so many of them, as we said, you know, made their way to, to screen and yet it didn't make the cut, you know, Mm -hmm. for like sort of the established like literary canon. People just don't think about it. Well, also I feel like, I feel like the idea of like a, 
casino heist like that yeah. sounds like a lot of movies that i've watched yeah. i feel like that would make a great film yeah well it did back with uh, guy madison and kim novak in the 1955 movie it. yeah i actually haven't seen it okay so yeah but like again i'm like i feel like i know a lot of people who would really like that like why is that why is that not a big thing i know yeah i feel like a lot of these uh, would would work you know again today but anyway uh that's a lot of me talking about it so now i want to hear what you think what did okay. you think i really enjoyed the book okay i thought it was really fascinating okay and it went a lot of places that I didn't necessarily expect. Like, I knew there was going to be time travel involved, but I wasn't sure how. Yeah. And I didn't, like, really look up much about it ahead of time. I was okay. just kind of... I just read it based on what you said about it, basically. Okay. So, I thought it was really interesting that it, like, starts and it, like, shows a little bit of his life. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of transitions into this whole, like, getting ready for the time travel kind of section. Yeah. Which was really interesting. And then there's the, like him going back in time and experiencing the time and again a lot of like detail and information about the 1880s which i thought was really interesting yeah and then it kind of like ramps up the like mystery suspense there's the fire and Mm -hmm. it like gets exciting Mm -hmm. and like anyway so i thought it was a lot of different kind of things in one book yeah which was cool like i feel like that's the kind of thing that can detract from your experience if there's like too much going on in a book but like each part i was like yeah i'm really interested in this this is this is cool. I think it's clever to have the mystery element in there as well, like giving him sort of a mission yeah. to go back in time. I guess we should do like a bit of a plot synopsis. For probably, time and again. probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it is illustrated, so there's a lot of like illustrations. Yeah, I thought that was really which, interesting. Yeah, too. which is a really neat thing. Um, so it starts with with Cy Morley, who's an advertising guy, and it starts with him trying to draw a picture of soap for an ad, and he's like, "Yeah, it's boring. It sucks," mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty good start, you know, because it is boring. And then right. like he calls it out, and that's interesting. And he sort of gets pulled into this time travel ex- experiment, and I don't really know why they pick him. I don't remember why do they pick. So him? they say there's like certain qualities in a person yeah. that are necessary to successfully do the time yeah. travel stuff. And I guess he was in the army and like some of the like testing that they do, they had access to those results and they thought, but they don't really extremely specify what the qualities are. Like they talk a little bit about like, oh, you need to be able to like imagine how the world could have been and like that kind of thing. But they're not extremely detailed about it. And I think, you know, on a base level, it's essentially hypnosis. So you have to be somewhat Mm -hmm. able to be hypnotized to that. And so they're basically saying like, come on board, we'll train you, we'll send you back in time. And, uh, Although they don't tell him what it is at first. They're like, please agree to do this and then we'll tell you then what it we'll is. And he's you. like, uh. Yeah. But he agrees. Yeah, he agrees. Because he and Ruben kind of know each other from the army, right? They have a connection. I don't know if they know each other or if they both just were in the army yeah. and they like and just sort of have that felt a kind of, yeah. Yeah. So Sai's girlfriend, Kate, has this weird family history about an ancestor who... There's all this mystery around it, and his headstone is just a weird shape. There's yeah. no name on it. It's like a star pattern. It's like pattern. a nine-pointed star yeah. of, like, dots. Yeah, and that's all that's on the tombstone. And it's always just been this family mystery, and, like, yeah. what is that all about and why? And so when it comes time for him to go back into the past, he kind of needs a mission, and so he decides he's going to figure what that's all about. Yeah. Right? And so it works, and he's back in time. But then he sort of gets pulled into the lives of these people in this boarding house. And in looking at this mystery, he gets pulled into some historical elements. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we kind of get into spoiler territory where there's some going back and forth and what decisions work for him for the best. Should we spoil it or should we save it? It's hard because it's like... I don't want to spoil it for people, but I feel like the ending parts were so interesting. Yeah, they were. Okay, well, why don't we just say 
spoilers. Okay, we're we're gonna spoil. Okay, so we're skip, gonna spoil. Skip ahead if if you don't want spoilers. That's right. Okay, so go ahead, take it. Okay, so he ends up basically kind of following these two guys to try and figure out what's going on. Yeah. And there's this whole thing where they're like arguing in this building, and the one guy lights a fire, and the whole building just like goes on fire. Yeah. And then the one and that guy fire is real. Like that, that fire that actually is real. happened in, in so real cool. life. Yeah. And I think it's funny also when he's like talking about how like, oh, you know, like no one's going to remember this in like yeah. his actual time. Right. And I'm like, well, I didn't know it happened. Yeah. So like, <laughs> he's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. But anyway, one of the guys who is sort of powerful. Yeah. Basically has the police hunt him and this other woman down yeah. and is kind of like accusing them basically of uh, doing this. Yeah. So they go on the run, which was also very exciting. It was. I was like page turning. Yeah. So they end up, he to kind of get out of this situation, he travels them back to his present time. Yeah. So he brings this woman from the past with him, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And her reactions to all the present day stuff were just like, some of the things that she's like, what? And others, she's like, well, of course you have this. Yeah. Like, how could you not? <laughs> which I thought felt right, I yeah. guess. Like, not that I've ever seen someone from the past interacting with oh, you haven't? our oh, day to day. Okay. No. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we're all technically from the past. That's but true. That's a good point. It's not the same. That's deep. But <laughs> I thought her interactions with the world were really cool. Anyway, so they end up sending her back. They think she'll be all right because she realized a twist that the person who they thought was hunting him down was actually someone else. And yeah. she could hold that over him. Yeah. So he goes back to the project and like has this conversation. And they basically try and convince him to go back yeah. and intentionally make a change. Mm-hmm. And he refuses to do that. Yeah. Which I think is also cool. I mean, that's an interesting... I know. I thought that yeah. was a really interesting scene and whole conversation yeah so he goes back and he doesn't make that change but he he tries to make another change so that the project won't start in the first place and these people won't be like messing around with history yeah which i thought was really interesting yeah it kind of shakes the foundation of like the principle that they're using in time travel here like if he can make that change and make the project never happen Mm -hmm. how would he have gotten there you know what i mean yeah kind of make a paradox you know, in a way, but it like, it works like within yeah. the confines of the book. It was really interesting. And I felt like it was a good instance of like some foreshadowing because when he's first planning to go back, he's talking yeah. with the guy from the project and the mm-hmm. guy's like, oh, you know, this event happened in my family history on this day. And if yeah. you could go, I'd love to have a sketch of it. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. Just the way he describes it is very vivid. Yeah. And anyway, and so like the whole time as he's like back in the past and exciting things are happening in the back of my mind, I'm like, but what day is it that those right. two people are meeting? He right. has to be there. Yeah. And so then when that, it circles back to that and yeah. he goes, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So I I thought that was cool. I agree. And the resolution with, you know, the mysterious headstone and everything. Mm -hmm. Is it her grandfather? Kate's grandfather? Yeah. It's well, it's like her adoptive grandfather, basically. Okay. Yeah. And we kind of find out that in that fire, one of them, one of the men dies. Yeah. The one who actually was the grandfather. Yes. Figure. This prominent man dies. And the other person, and I don't remember his relationship to the grandfather guy. He was trying to blackmail him. Okay. So, you ha- yeah, you have the prominent guy, you have the blackmailer. Prominent guy dies. Blackmailer is burnt and kind of disfigured. Right. And he sort of makes a deal with the widow that's like, look, you need... He kinda, you need me. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you need a husband to like keep this going. Because I think when they're having a conversation like early in the blackmailing process, the prominent guy even confides to him and is like, I'm afraid I'm going to die before these like business deals are yeah. done. And my wife basically will yeah. be left with nothing because yeah. she can't even yeah. like own this money or this property. Yeah. Because of the patriarchy. Because of the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one again. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I couldn't fix the patriarchy, no, I guess. He tried. No. But and so that's that's kind of the thing. These this man assumes the position, mm-hmm. assumes this guy's life, and they just have this sort of deal. And so when he dies, she can't bring herself to put her actual husband's name yeah. on the gravestone. And this is just the imprint from his shoe that's on the Which the I gravestone. thought was cool. Yeah, and it did make me want to have like Sai sees it all over the place. He's prints. like, why do I keep seeing tiny versions it's like, of where, this? like, how is this in the snow? Yeah. What am I even looking at? Which I, I thought was cool. Yeah. So what did you think of like... I, I don't know. I mean, the like I said, the dialogue and the characterization is what really gets me. And I mm-hmm. think there's a little bit of like the size voice and his personality that feels like there's an element of that that's in all the book. There's there's mm-hmm. kind of this through line of this type of character that I always enjoy reading and something like even in Galesburg in the springtime, which I hadn't, you know, I hadn't read it in mm-hmm. a decade plus. Like reading it again, I was like, yeah, there it is. There's that thing. There's that like Jack Finney thing that I can't quite put my finger on, but that yeah. I like. So what did you think of it from a writing standpoint? I thought it was really interesting from a writing standpoint because again, like there is a really distinct kind of like voice and character, but it's not one that I would ever like think of or write, I guess. Yeah. And so it was really interesting to like experience that and be like, I don't necessarily, this isn't really how I think or talk to people, Yeah. but it feels really authentic. Like yeah. there is someone who is like this it's just not me and so i thought that was really interesting and the short stories i read i read the coin collector and i read the third level because i still had a few minutes and okay. i was like this one looks interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i felt like they did have i could feel that the kind of like tone was similar and i'm i don't know if i can place like exactly what it is yeah. but it does feel very distinctive yeah i don't know i i, I don't think i've ever I know that I haven't read another author that I'm as drawn to as much as I am with his writing. It just really, like, it's unlike me to have saved a book for 17 mm-hmm. years. Because That's a I long didn't, time. Well, yeah, because I didn't want to be done, you know, because I just wanted more. So it is really kind of a unique thing for me. And I'm always, like, we did this for a book club years ago and people really liked it. And, you know, I was, was like, yes. You know, so I didn't tell <laughs> nice. everybody that it was like, this is my favorite book. So I always like, like, when it happens that people will discover it you know on their own or if i can like introduce people to it but just evangelize yeah, jack finney to the exactly nations. exactly do you see yourself reading more of his stuff i think so yeah i'm very curious about the sequel even though i can definitely see how it would maybe undercut the ending yeah. but i'm very curious about it and i do want to read body snatchers mm-hmm. and i could definitely see myself reading more of the short stories yeah so this is one i feel very confident i will read more of yeah there is one uh there's one short story in galesburg in the springtime called i think it's just called the love letter and there was like i want to say a hallmark movie made out of that like an expanded story and it's about um a man buys this vintage desk and in a secret panel in the desk he finds a letter that a woman had written to sort of like a hypothetical like i hope someday to find Mm -hmm. you know the person that's just right for me and everything if you like pina coladas that kind of thing (laughs) exactly (laughs) and he uh he he does like getting caught in the rain so he writes back and, you know, he finds a vintage stamp and he mails it in like the oldest post office in New York and stuff. And there's another panel on the desk and he opens it and finds another letter and she got his original letter. So they start oh, this sort cool. of like love affair with like, you know, 75 years like right, in between right. their lives. And it's the short story is like really sweet and to the point. And the movie obviously like stretches it out. Right. But I think the concept is still like very cool mm-hmm. perfect for a hallmark kind of movie right for sure you know? but it's just uh i don't know he just finds these things that are 
that are so like odd and unique in um oh gosh i think it's in the collection the third level there's one called such interesting neighbors and it's another time displaced kind of story this guy finds himself in the past and he invents the paperclip he just makes the paperclip and patents it and then just has this like nice cushy life because he invented the paperclip that's so funny and he's having this conversation with somebody who, it's been a while since I read it, but with somebody who knows that he, or at least that he claims to be mm-hmm. from the future. And he shows him the paperclip and he's like, look how useful this thing is. And he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I got the patent for it and invented it. So now I could be rich. And the other guy is like, well, why didn't you just invent like the TV or something? And he's like, I don't know how to make a TV. It's like, I, <laughs> I can bend wire to be a paperclip, but I don't know how to make a TV. And I feel like that's such an interesting thing. It makes sense. Like, I don't know how to make a TV. Yeah. And I thought this inter- the scene in Time and Again when Julia is like in the present and she's watching the TV and she's so fascinated by it. Yeah. And she asks Cy like, oh, how does this work? And he's yeah. like explaining. And I'm like, I don't know how a TV yeah. works. <laughs> like if I had someone from the past in my house and they're yeah. like, how does this work? I'd be like, eh, no, it does. Fires. It's yeah. cool, huh? Yeah. Wow. So that I felt called out by that. And like, yeah. I should probably research more. Yeah. How things work. But yeah. Anyway, well, you, you can learn. You can learn by Jack Finney's example. He's got this short story. I don't remember the title, but it's basically somebody comes and gives this character an offer that's too good to be true. But also, like, if it is true, you got to take the chance just in case. And it's like, come to this place and you're going to be whisked to this place where, like, all your wishes and dreams are going to come true. You're going to have this idyllic life. Just come to this place. So he gets there and it's just like an empty barn and there's just like a bench in this barn and other people kind of start coming in being like, did you hear about this thing? Uh-huh. You know, So they're all just sitting on the bench for like hours. And finally, the main character is like, this this is stupid. Like we, it, somebody's playing a trick on it. Forget it. And he stands up off the bench and he turns around and everybody's gone. Oh my gosh. Because it was like they had to weed out the one who lacked the faith or whatever. And again, I just thought that was such a cool story yeah you know because he doesn't get what he wants you know and he was like our our point of view character so yeah yeah i feel like a lot of concepts like that i think are just really fascinating and like the coin collector where he like can just like go back and forth between these two lives Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. like whenever he gets bored of one he just kind of kind of goes to the other which i think is a really i don't know i just thought that was a really interesting concept that played out in a really yeah in a way that made sense i guess i know i think so too and i i didn't so i'd read the woodrow wilson dime forever ago and when i was reading galesburg in the springtime which is where coin collector was originally uh i was like oh this is like a short version of and then he developed it into woodrow wilson dime and the story in some ways is almost better because it it doesn't overstay its welcome Mm -hmm. but the way it expands in the woodrow wilson dime to have him sort of it makes him more and more selfish. Mm-hmm. Like he's only showing up in these two lives for the when parts he wants that he to. wants. Yeah. And then when he's like, I don't want to do this, he's, you know. And I think you world. can see that already in the yeah, short story. So it you makes can. sense that, I don't know, that's kind of how it would yeah. play out. Because like reading like it, and I'm like, already degrades. I can see this would yeah, not this go well. Not be good. This is not going to be good. So I have never done... Well, maybe I've read Time and Again and Good Neighbor Sam a couple of times, but like... Because you're not a big rereader, are no, you? No, I'm not, but I could. I mean, I could go and reread all of these, you know, because they just... I mean, why not? I know. It'll make you they happy. Just go stand for the it. test of time, <laughs> I guess, you know, and maybe I finally need to go through and watch all the movies. Like, that's a, that's another thing that I haven't that's done. That's true. Because I did rewatch the um, original, like, 50s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I hadn't seen in a long time, and it stands out, like, even in that movie... 
it's atypical. Like you watch it for a fifties movie and the, the, the main character's relationship is unusual and it just, that Jack Finney dialogue comes through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's really funny. Well, I mean, it sounds like a success. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Did you feel pressure, like having to read one of my favorite books? A little books? bit. I was like, okay. what if I don't like yeah. this? That would be so sad. Yeah, but I'm luckily really, I did like it, so. I mean, I think Time and Again is the one, even though Invasion of the Body Snatchers is more famous. I think mm-hmm. Time and Again is is probably the best example. But I really kind of waffled on which one to have you read. Because yeah, that's fair. there's so many different genres or different styles, you know, that, that I could have gone with. But... I felt like the historical elements, the mystery element in Time and Again, I hoped they would appeal to you. But I was worried that maybe the voice wouldn't come through so much because, as you said, it is much more plot heavy. And because of the historical research and stuff, there's a lot more facts like mm-hmm. in that book than in, in any of his others. They're, the other ones are much, much more brisk and you just like really push through them. Whereas Time and Again is like... You got to set aside some time as you learned finishing it just under the wire. Okay. Well, uh, we do have quite an assortment of Jack Finney books in our collection and we can always get more if you want them and want the ones that we don't have. So just let us know. Yeah, I'm sure Nick would be so upset about ordering more Jack Finney books if someone requested them. There's not a bad one in the bunch. If I think I would probably put the night people as my lowest, Mm, but fair enough. I enjoyed them all. So, and good neighbor Sam really is straight up hilarious <laughs> just it kills me so i i would recommend i would probably recommend that next like once you kind of get the gravitas of time and again mm-hmm. go for something lighter like good neighbor Sam. okay all yeah. right yep okay all right well this was fun i'm Good. glad i got to try jack finney as am i i had an idea for how i was going to segue this but oh, i don't know okay all right so I was excited to try Time and Again, but I kind of wished that I had been able to listen to an audiobook version of it, okay. at least for parts of it, okay. because I can w- go a lot faster in a book yeah. if I'm like listening to some of it audio-wise. Okay. And I know you also like listening to audiobooks, yeah. but sometimes you don't have anything to do while you're listening to an audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering if you've ever yeah. tried knitting. I have not. I have not, but I am married to a world-class knitter. She's always got just click, click, click. I know click. it's very impressive. It's a soundtrack I've of seen my life. At least so. one of her knitted things that I thought she's was got really a sweater cool. right now that's like I can't even believe that human hands made it. Let alone <laughs> she just next to me on the couch. So, yeah. So in this bag, I have two knitting books from our collection that have some like basic how-to. Okay. Although, I mean, like. Also, there's YouTube and yeah. your wife, who's a world-class <laughs> yeah, knitter. That's right, yeah. So if you need any instruction, I don't really know. Okay. I also have knitting needles. All right. I have taken them. This is the sound I hear, everybody, all the time, right here. <laughs> it's kind of like an, a fun, satisfying sound, yeah, honestly. Yeah, soothing. It's soothing. I have some scrap yarn for you to test out stitches. Okay. Did you I get this here? Yeah. From the library? From the library. We made stockings out of this knitting, like nine years ago that's really funny i have one in my house i also have yarn for you to attempt to make a scarf oh so my assignment for you is try and learn the basic stitches and test out some different combinations and then if you can choose a pattern that you want to try and use for a scarf okay go for it you don't have to finish the scarf because i don't all right if you do great but i was like i don't know how long this yarn feels thin is this will this take me forever if i try to make a scarf out of this i don't know okay i don't know how fast new knitters knit to be honest that's a that's a great uh, <laughs> tongue twister, though. And how fast are new, new knitters? knitters, if new new knitters, new knitters. <laughs> how many knits can a new knitter knit? If okay, a new knitter... so you want me to learn the basics and 
at least start. At least start a scarf. A scarf. Okay. I have no choice but to accept your challenge. That's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, again, all of our Jack Finney books are here in the collection, so you can come and check them out. And I recommend that you do so, because if you haven't, you're missing out. Uh, and then in two weeks, we'll be back to talk about uh, all the things we're reading and watching. And uh, maybe you'll hear me clicking away knitting yes, while we talk. while we talk. While we that talk. That would be fabulous. Okay. See you then. Sounds good. Bye, okay. everybody. 